That's decent. Hi, I'm Lowell. You are? No, never mind. Okay. Are we doing that? Oh, I thought so. <laughs> we could. Hi, I'm Lowell. I'm Aiden. And I'm David. And this is I Read the News Today. Oh, boy. We are not journalists. Pundits. Or Matthew Modine's testicle fluffers. Oh, God. It's his birthday today. Oh, boy. But we do read the news. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the shit that's going on. Today is March the 22nd of 2020. And coronavirus has not only continued to dominate the news, but it has now, in a lot of ways, changed the lives of people all around the world. We are not going to talk too much about the coronavirus today, except to quickly say there is a, a lot of changes that are going on in people's lives. People are, for the most part, stuck at home across the country and across the world. And that is following a procedure that is looking to slow down the virus. We don't think that we can contain this virus at this point, but we can certainly help our medical professionals by making sure that things get a little bit slower. That's why these things are, are happening. And if you don't know that by now, then either you're living under, under a rock. Which could be very safe. Which could be very safe. In fact, quick anecdote, there were some people who were on a camping trip in the Colorado River who they left before coronavirus was really spreading at all uh, outside of China and they came back to find a very different world. A thousand years later. I mean, not not a thousand years later, just two weeks. Also, Jared Leto. <laughs> what about Jared Leto? Uh, he was away on a shoot. <laughs> wow. And he at didn't... roughly the same time frame and came back to. Oh, so they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea what was going on. They oh. came back. They, they were gone for, for a month. And oh, they... suddenly everything... They, like they were like, what's what's happening here? So it really is like they were gone a thousand years. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. I hadn't heard that story. Yeah. Jared Leto um, is used to that, though, because that is how he prepared for the Joker. Social distancing and mailing <laughs> dead animals to your castmates. Yep. That's probably not recommended by the CDC. The only things that I want to say on this is if you want more information about about this, the best places to go are the CDC's website and the World Health Organization's website. This is just changing far too rapidly for us to feel comfortable to cover in a good way. I, I still am very proud of our first episode that we released four weeks before this episode airs. And I would definitely check that one out. That's episode two of this season. I, I think that anyone who is alive for this moment is definitely looking into it. So keep your eyes open and wash your hands. Stay inside as much as you can. With that, we decided that we wanted to find something else to talk about there's really no other news going on right now. Well, I disagree. No no other... Major news, news stories, is, that's fair. Exactly. This is what the news is focused on. We wanted to focus on a, a few lighthearted stories that that might still, still exist in this world. David, I'm going to turn it over to you for our first weird news article of the day. And we're going to mainly be focusing on... The weirder side of the news today. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Uh, so I'm going to... I think it's... Bring fair, you guys I, along. I think it's high time that I can close Matthew Modine's Wikipedia page. I <laughs> think it's well worth your time to do so. I wanted to remember uh, his name. And <laughs> instead, 
Uh, I want to talk to you about this news article related to a very immediate need that uh, all of a sudden was found to exist in Florida and uh, the way that uh, the legislature is rushing to meet it uh, to deal with this very modern problem. Aiden, would you click on the link that I've shared in the notes uh, and read us just the title? News flash from Florida legislators. Telegraph era is over. That's right. So assuming that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis does, in fact, sign the most recently passed bill from the Florida legislature into law, the telegraph era in Florida will be over on July 1st. How so? Basically, here's the gist. On the 17th, the Florida legislature passed a bill to eliminate Chapter 363 of Florida law, which is a whole chapter of law that is related to the use and operation of telegraphs. Basically, this guy, the state representative, Tom Gregory, was just flipping through the law book one day and noticed that there's this whole entire chapter relating to the use and misuse of telegraph lines. And as Republicans, a fairly uh, Republican controlled state, they said, you know what, let's just get rid of these laws. And you know what? I think I can kind of stand along with that. <laughs> so he put together a little coalition. And on the 17th, the Florida legislator passed a bill to try to eliminate this chapter of law. This chapter has not had any substantial changes since 1913. It was the last time that any of these laws were updated. This is kind of like the recurring joke in The Simpsons where they occasionally read the town charter to find out that, like, <laughs> prohibition was never repealed. And then they always stick in a funny one, like the, the chief of police is entitled to two calmly lasses a week. <laughs> well, it, no, but oh, it's God. literally exactly that. Because the big, a big part of apparently this law is it's largely for establishing penalties against telegraph companies that refuse to transmit messages and making them liable for damages for mental anguish and physical suffering because of their failure <laughs> wow. to promptly and correctly deliver a telegram. The law passed unanimously, including one lawmaker who, and I quote, delivered his vote in this method. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that would be the Morse code for yay. <laughs> Well, I thought this was also, frankly, kind of sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole of weird U.S. state laws. Well, no, of telegraphs. And like oh. when. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of weird state laws. But, you know, according to Tom Gregory, again, this representative who uh, who sent this out, uh, as far as he could tell, Florida hasn't sent there hasn't been a telegraph sent in the state of Florida for a decade. So I I have not. Googled this to check my facts, but I believe that the last telegraph machine was in India and it was shut off for the last time. I want I think it was December 2013. Yes, that is correct. Very good. Oh, do you know when the last as far as I can as far as I can tell what the, when the last telegram was sent within the continental United States was that I don't know. So the last telegram was sent through Western Union on January 27th, 2006. Really? Now, Western Union will not acknowledge which telegraph was the last message sent. Oh, but they did. But basically what they released are like the subject matter of the last 10 telegrams. So those last 10 telegrams that were sent were birthday wishes, condolences on the death of a loved one, several people trying to be the last person to ever send a telegram <laughs> and one notification of an emergency. And I'm just really curious as to what that could possibly be. 
Well, do we know who is being using telegraph to an emergency in 2006? Right. <laughs> like what? How do you what kind of emergency warrants? And so a telegraph is a fairly official form of communication. What kind of emergency warrants a very official form of communication that is slower than any other form of communication we currently have? I'm going to play in the space with you for a sec, but I think I have an answer. But before I get to the answer, I will I will play play in the space with you. Let's let's think about what kind of emergency is a slow moving emergency. I mean, Boston molasses spill, spill is the first oh, thing that comes go. to my mind. But that was in the early 1900s, wasn't it? It, it was. It was. I, I can also think of a car chase with both cars having flat tires. Oh. No, well, obviously it's a car chase. It's in Florida. People don't drive more than five miles an hour. So, like, <laughs> do we do we know do we know for sure that the disaster in question was in Florida? That's a good question. Well, no, it's not Florida. I suppose that's fair. It's not Florida necessarily. It's just this is Western Union of the United States. Okay, so this could be anywhere in the Continental Forty Eight. That was the year after Katrina, I think. So, is there like trying to keep telling someone that hey, this hurricane happened? Well, no. Well. You won't believe how like hey heads up how much a year ago <laughs> New Orleans went away. <laughs> yeah, not only was it a slow uh, transmission, it was just slow to start. Anyway, so the I just kind of want to round this all out by saying I think we should all remember what the very first telegram said. And I bet you guys could guess. Well, before we get to that, I, I do have a reason why they probably did it. Okay, because as you just said, in Florida and other probably other states, there are laws that require telegram companies to put out a telegram for disasters and things like that, that are still on the books. So they probably were like, well, still on the books, still got to do it. I'm now starting to think that perhaps the, the, the notification of an emergency is the shutting down of this telegraph system. Perhaps it, it was like one final, like <laughs> last, like desperate attempt at relevance. Anybody listening? Yeah, this is it. This is it. We're done. But now, now listen here. So uh, the very first telegram, which, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the guy who sent it, but it's fairly famously been recorded containing the note of what hath God wrought. So with that being the uh, opening to uh, this form of communication, if you guys could go back to January 2006 and send that final U.S. telegram, what would you do to bookend this experience of uh, communication? I would probably quote Nietzsche and say, God is dead. Bleak! <laughs> How about you, Aiden? Uh, please forward all f- future communication to the, co- to the subcontinent of India. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I suppose that's fair, too. Who do, you, do you think they still have that last telegram? Do you think they bronzed it? You're obsessed with bronzing. <laughs> it's a great way to preserve things. What's the old bronzing joke you like? Oh. Did I have a bronzing joke? I don't remember. Yes. Your old bronzing joke is you won a gold medal and had it bronzed. Oh, I believe I took that from The Simpsons. That's not from the first 25 seasons, then. OK, well, we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll settle that later. But thank you. But uh, I just wanted to make sure everyone was up to date on this uh, Florida really tackling this uh, this uh, this hard hitting issue affecting uh, every Floridian. Excellent. Well, 
I, I do think that at some point we should have a deep dive into uh, obscure and obsolete laws, but uh, I think that we'll, we'll do that another time. In the meantime, Aiden, would you like to bring out your first old news Wikipedia yes, page? Um, so could David, if you would hover over the link there and read out what you see, that would be great. Uh, I'm seeing the grave of Mary Ellis. Does that mean anything to you? God, I know it should. Uh, but not off the top of my head. Should I click this link? Let's do a clicky click. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I I am familiar with this. (laughs) I thought you might be. Can you read out that first sentence? The Mary Ellis grave is marked by an 1828 gravestone locating in the parking lot of a Lowe's movie theater in New Brunswick, New Jersey. The Mary Ellis grave is one of several on the small plot, sometimes called the Lowe's Cemetery. All the interred being interrelated. Very, very interesting. Why did they? I, I think the best question isn't why the graves there. The graves there because it was there. Why did they build a movie theater there? Well, the next sentence there. After Mary Ellis's burial, the family home and property eventually became the site for the Great Eastern Discount Department Store. Huh. And after that went out of business in the early to mid 1970s, the Route One Flea Market. Currently, and since about the late 1990s, the site contains an AMC theater. Now, I grew up in a area where there were a lot of movie theater complexes in these sort of shopping centers. They call that the suburbs. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. I've heard yeah, of those. So this, I mean, this looks like any old movie theater that I would go to as a child, except it has a almost 200 year old grave in it. I don't think there's any there's anything to be read into that there's a movie theater there. I don't think she was a major cinemaphile, given that she well, d- died in 1828. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there definitely was no cinema then. But who knows? She might have been interested in the theater. I just, I mean, I would have thought that someone put like hedges between her grave and the theater. In this picture, you can literally see the movie theater behind her grave. Yeah, it's a little unnerving. Well, you could if the movie theater weren't closed due to social distancing. This was, if I recall, uh, do you guys remember, do you guys remember the weird magazines? I know know of them. So it started with Weird New Jersey. And then eventually they would publish these for all 50 states where I believe it was just these two dudes who just like would go around and take pictures of weird things that exist in New Jersey. That sounds fun. I believe from looking through from looking through some of the old ones, I'm pretty sure this was in like the first article. Like this is in like the first one or two. Are you sure you're not thinking of Wired, but you're dyslexic? (laughs) No, I promise. Because there was we were as a state. They created a television show around the same time that Jersey Shore came out. And I Really wanted everyone to be like, no, weird New Jersey is the real like New Jersey show. But um, I think history will show uh, which one came out on top. Right after President Mike the Situation Sorrentino serves out his third term. (laughs) (laughs) Is he the one in jail? He is. Okay. I really hope I got a good approximation of his last name. Wait, one of the Jersey Shore people is in jail? He's in the same jail as Michael Cohen. Oh, great. That makes me feel better. (laughs) Uh, Before we move on, Aiden, you want to tell us any more about Mary Ellis? Uh, I 
I didn't, I, I've been on this page before. I didn't remember that her story has been suggested as the inspiration for the 1972 pop song, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. Wait, what? Well, do you want to tell the story? The story of Mary Ellis? Yeah. All right. Well, there's a little like one sentence blurb down there on the page. Mary Ellis, born 1750, died 1828, was a spinster in New Brunswick, New Jersey. According to oral tradition, nice. She was seduced by a sea captain who <laughs> vowed to return to marry her. He never returned and she would come to the spot where her grave now stands each day to look for her ship in the Raritan River in New Brunswick. And then go to the movie theater to watch the new James Bond movies. Now, it's been a while since I've been to New Brunswick, but I don't think the movie theater is that close to the river. The, the idea that like, she would come to the spot where her grave now is sounds entirely made well, up. It, I believe it does explain why it's all alone. Well, no, because there's... If you scroll down, there's like seven other people buried there. Oh, well, maybe they were all they must have all uh, vowed to marry the sea cook. The sea cook. (laughs) This was a rare polygamist Mormon sect in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Could have been. Yep. We all know that. Wait, we all know that Mildred Mooney got down. Yep. 1746 to 1816. Mildred Moody, who is married to Thomas M. Evans. Who is also buried in this? Oh, yeah, there he oh, is. That's, that's sweet. Yeah. That's a nice story. Wait a minute. Hold a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Yep. Look at look at look at their Mildred Mooney and Tom Evans. So Tom Evans was born in, in the 1790s. Mildred Mooney was born in 1746. So was he 20 and she was 60 when they married? What's going on? Very interesting. I'm gonna guess the, the Thomas M. Evans, who is buried there is not, in fact, her husband, Thomas M. Evans, but perhaps her grandchild, Thomas M. Evans. But I don't have any evidence of that. That's possible because... You don't, no, if no, no, you no, 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 wait third, a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, Aiden, 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 Aiden. He doesn't have any M. Evans of that. Oh, my God. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, exactly. you didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think your reactions would uh, cause yourselves to disagree. But it's also so it also mentions a Eliza Mary White who married Thomas M. Evans. <gasps> yes, who is who is is probably married to the Thomas M. Evans who is buried there, who is probably the grandchild of Mildred Mooney, Moody and Thomas M. Evans. Based on my math. Well, they all wanted to bone the sea captain, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the Ellis family and the Evans family are related. It looks like through marriage. Yeah. A brief correction real quick, because I'm going through the reference pages on Wikipedia. They do, in fact, reference the weird New Jersey article. Oh, really? However, it appears to be this article was published in 2014. So which would not, in fact, be one of the first magazines they published. In fact, I would say it is. Uh, likely one of the last, as I believe the weird uh, magazines are now defunct. You you would know better than the both of us. So I think that's about everything on the grave of Mary Ellis. What about grass? What? Jesus. Well, I, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that one sailed right over my head. Is there grass on the grave oh, of God Mary Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just looking at what I see on the picture. <laughs> Anyway, with that, I think we'll take a break. 
Hi, folks. Thank you for listening to I Read the News Today. Oh, boy. This is a bit of a strange episode for a bit of strange times, but thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you're enjoying your home time. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, or wherever you are listening to the podcast. We love getting your uh, feedback, and you can also reach us at Twitter, at NewsOboy, and send us articles either there or at our email, newsoboy at gmail.com. Please send us weird and funny news articles. And if, if we get a message from you, we'll mention you on the show in this section. Meanwhile, we actually also now have uh, an Instagram that is going to be coming up. And if you want to follow us there, we're really only going to be posting the episodes there. For now, we appreciate your listening and we know that things are strange and we might have to talk a bit more about coronavirus next episode as well. But on the other hand, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Good jokes. Welcome back. And we are now going to move on to more weird articles. <laughs> this is our weird article extravaganza episode. And so I now have an article for you guys. Oh, joy. If uh, I can get Ooh. one of you to read that headline. David. I got it. Oh, no, no. Go for it, please. David. Oh, sure. Tractor Day offers a slow dose of freedom for every teenager. Wait. Tractor Day. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you got this. What Tractor Day offers a slow dose of freedom every teenager longs for. Great. So this is an article about a thing that seems to be fairly ubiquitous in, in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Are we going to goof on some hayseeds? I'm trying to make sure that we're not. When you say it like that, it sounds like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is a, a day where kids drive their families tractor to school even if you are underage to legally drive you can drive a tractor i feel like that was one of those rumors that like we heard in lower school that like we couldn't drive but if we were <laughs> 12 and we lived in idaho we could drive a tractor it is in fact true this is a an npr article written by ryan delaney released on March 19th, there is an editor's note at the beginning saying that this the story was reported and written before school closures across the U.S. <laughs> forced this day to actually not proceed. But it does happen every year in normal years. One of the students says it's the one day out of the year I can drive myself to school. No one can really say I can't. And another one said that they they milked it last <laughs> year and definitely had their fill of fun. It's a little dose of freedom, they said. And so I was wondering, mostly with this article, if you guys remember any weird events that you had at school that you looked forward to every year. I mean, um, there's the senior prank, but I don't know if that's really like condoned. <laughs> yeah. The senior prank was something that was always talked about at my school, but never actually achieved. No one actually did a senior prank? No, there were like, there were like, you know, the, 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 the bad kid would talk about like going into the computer lab in the middle of the night and like unscrewing the backs of the computers and shitting in them, but he never actually did it. <laughs> so <laughs> was that you? No, was I don't want to put him on that? blast because I am friends with him on Facebook. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, I had see. Oh, we had senior pranks every single year that I was in school. I don't recall what it was. My uh, oh, actually, wait, I do recall. So freshman year, there was a uh, water balloon fight in the back hallway. And that basically put the school on lockdown. And because of how swiftly the administration kind of fought against it, uh, there was no senior prank the following year. However, the year afterwards, they managed to sneak in the audio of Two Girls, One Cup over. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no. uh, over no. one of the principal's uh, speeches at a public assembly. Which she pub, which as I recall, she publicly laughed at <laughs> when it was going down. <laughs> which then sort of led to my senior year, which frankly was one of the best. It was one of the most enjoyable senior pranks I ever had the pleasure of being a part. Well, the only senior prank I've had the pleasure of being a part of, but at a pre-designated time, like it was so like twelve thirty-seven, something weirdly specific like that. We all stood up from class and took off whatever jacket we were wearing to reveal a bunch of like torn jeans and tie-dye and bandanas and what have you. And we all walked out to the to the front of the school where there's this gazebo where they had set up a they'd like set up these speakers and we kind of had this impromptu Woodstock out in front of the school and the principal came out and said it was super cool, but that we all absolutely had to go back to class. That's a that's a really good <laughs> one. Later that year, however, there were some kids who thought that that prank was lame. So they put up some so they put some yeah. stink bombs in a locker and they went off and then those kids were arrested and never graduated. So, you know, we, we had a similar thing our year. We actually had to negotiate to the wait. Now, wait, the stink bombs or to the because uh, 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 the, the whole scenario. <laughs> uh, so we actually had to negotiate with because they were trying to stop having senior pranks. We had to negotiate with the, the school administration what we were going to be able to do. I actually don't remember what we did. But we had to like negotiate with them. And I also and then later in the year, there were a few people who were dissatisfied with that. So they th they did something yeah, else. I, don't, I, I really don't remember what it was. and don't remember at all. So this is a non story. <laughs> we did a thing I don't remember, which resulted in another thing which I cannot recall. It's a non story. Exactly. Also, I got, I got news for you. If the administration, if you get pre-approval from the administration, what you've done is not a prank. <laughs> What you've done is I, I it amounts to a spirit day. It, it it does. I think that part of what we ended up doing was we it was more of a prank on the underclassmen. Ha, you all failed. Here are SAT scores. You got a 12. No, no, no. I think that like people people put their parked their cars so that people couldn't get into school. I think that that's what it was. Oh, so you oh, blocking off the oh, entryway. I'm glad you guys kind of like fully assumed your uh, positions as mass holes then. Yeah, pretty much. I also remember field days in in high school and there being all kinds of other events that we would have. Yeah, we had color day. And that that was always a, a big thing every year. But I, I do think that it's it's interesting to see, you know, how excited these kids are for being able to track drive a tractor to school did did you guys have mold day 
No, what's that? Is was your school closed for mold? Is that what happened? No, I think it was fourth grade. Actually, David, roughly when did Poodle Hat come out? Poodle Hat? I'm gonna say off the top of my head, 2004. But that was before I was uh, became an Al fan. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, whatever grade yeah, the I was, was fuzzy. Whatever grade I was in when Poodle Hat came out, we had Mold <laughs> Day, where we invited two other schools to our lower school. And each of us for the past two weeks before this event had to do an experiment with mold. So like I, I think I did carrots and broccoli to see what, how gross you can get carrots and broccoli in two weeks. Um, And I remember a kid from the Shipley school, this absolute fucking poindexter experimented on what would happen if you run electricity through like a moldy watermelon and what happened just blew us out of the water could you run electricity through this watermelon it it was just like ours were all like what what mold can we grow on normal household vegetables and his was like what if i wired a car battery up to this cantaloupe but you're missing the important point here i want to know that it exploded I want to know that it got gross. No, this, like I said, this fucking Poindexter, like, pulled it off. (laughs) So, actually, I was going to ask if you guys had science fairs. Because we never did. And I always was jealous of all the TV kids who had science science fairs. That does appear to be, because we did not have a science fair. No, we certainly did not. We had had Uh, the immigration project in second grade. Oh, really? Um, each of us were assigned a country. We had to like make up fake people that we played and um, had to come up with a story of why they would immigrate to America. And I was Egypt and I was in some pictures that have not aged well. No, no, I would expect not. In fifth grade every year, there was a uh, biography kind of day where where all the fifth graders dressed up like famous historical figures and, and would give you a little speech about them. <laughs> I think you could ask them questions, but usually they were like, that wasn't in the book that I read. Yeah, we had to do a project on a famous Pennsylvanian at one point, and I, I got yeah. John James Audubon. Oh, that's cool. It was exceedingly lame. I remember that I wanted to be Albert Einstein, but someone else took that, so I ended up with George Washington. Somebody in my class got to be Mr. Rogers. Damn, that's pretty good. We didn't really do stuff like that in New Jersey public school, but we I did watch Finding Nemo seven different times. Wow. Over the course of my high school career. Well, that's an education. Once in Spanish. Yeah, I was about to say, did you ever watch it in Spanish? Because we watched it in Spanish. (laughs) Yeah, only once. It may be it may be the movie I've seen the most. Uh, I know that one for me. I, that one is either it's a mad, 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 mad world. I don't know how many mads. I never I never know. That that felt like too many mads. It, it yeah, did. That felt like at least one too many. Or Shrek. I don't know which one. Shrek makes sense. Why have you seen it's a mad, 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 mad world? When I was in third grade... Like third and fourth grade, some friends of mine and I, almost every single day, they would come over to my house when we'd put that on, that movie on. So what you're saying is you had a lot of sex in high school. Whoa, yeah, I was going to say that's... Well, uh, in elementary school, definitely not. Um, (laughs) That's different. (laughs) Let me me, uh, read one more quote saying a lot of farm kids, you know, they might not have the nicest truck. I forgot how this started. <laughs> That's because we have this $100,000 machinery 
It is kind of the one day a year that we can bring it and show it off. So I, I think that that's what's cool about it. It's like these these farm kids are get to really show off, you know, their truck, their their tractor, and have a little bit of freedom to drive their a, a tractor to school and be who they are. You know, you're you're doing a real good job of not saying something to the effect of these farm <laughs> kids get to feel like real people for a day. I do admire your restraint. <laughs> that that's not right oh okay i thought it was a cool story lighthearted nice nice uh little little high school no it's good and you know how much i like goofing on hayseeds again still sounds like drugs (laughs) all right so with that let's go to our second wikipedia article of the day let's just load up on wikipedia man Let's All right, I think I gave that sounds like drugs. Um, I think I gave the first one to David to read. So I'd like for you, Lowell, to um, yep. take a look at the link and tell me what you think you see. Is that Cerne or Cern? It's pronounced Cernabis. The Cernabis giant. What is the Cernabis giant? As it, you like your 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 best guesstimation. Well, I, I'm getting getting a. a I, I've got a, the picture right there. An image. Did you get the picture? Yeah, I, I see a picture. It, it looks like a large naked man with a club drawn into uh, a field. What, in, what, in what? How would you categorize this? How would you categorize the state of this naked man? Uh, I think that erect is the term. I was going to say aroused, but uh, yeah, we can put that kind of final point on it. Yes, that is a... There is a word for that that I wasn't familiar with that's used several times on here. Now, word for... Yes. Word for what, Aiden? His torso looks like uh, a face. What? Hmm? Let me find the word. For for erect? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ify phallic? If the phallic, if the phallic, is he phallic? Yes, he is. I don't understand the question. <laughs> it is an adjective meaning of or pertaining to the erect phallus, which this drawing certainly uh, is. Was, oh wait, no, it it it's it's no, it's pertaining to a, a particular erect phallus. It's of or pertaining to the erect phallus that was carried in uh, Bacchic processions. Well, I don't think that's this one. What? Uh, Bacchic. Um, the other pertaining to Bacchus. Bacchus, the, yes. Yeah. The party god. Yeah. The god of wine and other things. Revelry. Party god, Wayne. Party guard, Garth. Now, that, that's nothing. Please continue. Um, so, this is a 55 meter or 180 foot high drawing. It's just a drawing, right? It's a hill figure. It's a chalk hill <laughs> figure. A chalk hill figure. Uh, oh, it's made out of chalk rubble. Got it. And depicts a standing nude male figure with a prominent erection, wielding a large club in their right hand. Historians has, have narrowed it down to roughly two people that we think this could be. Wait, that it's a representation of? Yes. Actual size. <laughs> one, one of whom okay. is a real person, <laughs> one of whom is fictitious. Okay. But the, the, there are two very reasonable guesses to who this could be. I'd like to know both of your guesses to who this could be. Um, Keep in mind, it's in England. It's in England. Hmm. Could it be where? Where in England? Because like, are we talking on this sh- in Dorset? OK, I don't know where Dorset is. Is that like it's like the very the very like 
the almost entire almost dead center on the south like it's a it's in the coast okay i was gonna think it was that um that scottish guy that mel gibson played england famously not part of scotland well right if it was in the (laughs) north maybe okay benjamin disraeli okay (laughs) i'm gonna guess that's not that's not insane i'm gonna guess that it is a prophetic drawing of boris johnson Okay. Uh, Lowell, you mispronounced phallic. Yes, I mispronounced phallic. <laughs> you're, you're both going with prime ministers. Was it made in the past five months? Because in that case, it's Boris Johnson. It probably only dates back about 500 years. Okay. That's not that long in the grand scheme of phallic images. It's been thought to date to antiquity, but the lack of earlier descriptions of it, along with information given in an 18th century historian's report, leads modern scholars to conclude that it probably dates from the 17th century and perhaps originated as political satire. So Benjamin Disraeli and Boris Johnson were not crazy answers. (laughs) So in that case, is it, could it have been King Henry VIII? No, but you're... (laughs) You're thinking you're you're getting you're closer with that than you are with Disraeli. Because I feel like the phallic imagery really is is good commentary on Henry VIII. Think Puritan. Puritan. Oliver Cromwell? It's it's thought that it could be an Oliver Cromwell. Interesting. Now what in it? What in it besides <laughs> the like the uh uh seventy yard long penis uh <laughs> makes people believe that it's Oliver Cromwell. Actually, that is a very good question. How big is the penis? The penis is enormous. I have it's it's listed here. Here's club. The club is 121 feet in length. But what about the other club? Nice. Here we go. Including the testicles, it is 36 feet long. Nearly the same length of its head. Which that's that's accurate. It has been called Britain's most famous phallus. So I don't know about that. Okay. No, wait okay. a minute. More, Hold up. More famous British phallus. Go. More famous fi- British phallus. Uh, um, Boris Johnson. Oh, wow. You're, you're really anti-Johnson. Well, <laughs> coming out strong. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe was famously naked in Equus. That's true. That is a pretty famous... The one that Hugh Grant... Put in those American prostitutes is pretty famous. <laughs> that too. Where's Ron Jeremy from? De- I'm pretty sure like Wisconsin. <laughs> is he America's most famous phallus? No, Ron Jeremy's from Queens. That makes sense. That makes sense. I stand by my question. No, that's Donald Trump. Oh, we know. Oh. We, we know Lowell's political. Oh, wow, leaders. really, uh, really, really swinging for the fences there. <laughs> Oh yeah, bravey to, uh, bravey to come out with that. Jeez, there's a lot on this Wikipedia page. It's a pretty detailed one. Whatever its origin, the giant has become an important part of the culture and folklore of Dorset. Some folk stories indicate that the image is an outline of, of the corpse of a real giant. One story says the giant came from Denmark, leading an invasion of the coast. and was beheaded by the people of Cernabas while he slept on the hillside. Other folklore, first recorded in the Victorian era, associates the figure with fertility. I buy that. In the past, locals would erect a maypole on the earthwork, around which childless couples would dance to promote fertility. Now, wait a minute. Where? 
What? Where did they erect the maypole? On the earthwork. On on his maypole. Yeah. No, no, no. Where did they erect the maypole? On the giant's maypole. That's what I'm getting at. Does it say that specifically? It does not. It should. It does not, but it does It does say, according to folk belief, a woman who sleeps on the figure will be blessed with fecundity and infertility may be cured through sexual intercourse on top of the figure, especially the fetus. Uh, now... <laughs> forgive me... How do you do it, Lowell? Forgive me if I'm skipping ahead. Forgive me if I'm skipping ahead, but Aiden, I have to assume you're going to talk about the popular culture section. The the um, the Simpsonization of it. Yes. Yes, that exactly. Please enlighten us as a publicity stunt for the opening of the Simpsons movie on uh, July 16th, 2007. A giant Homer Simpson brandishing a donut was outlined in water based biodegradable paint to the left of the Cernopis giant, which how did they pull that off? Because it is owned by the government of England. They asked and I'm sure that they paid the government of England. Exactly right. Uh, would I, I? I wouldn't think they would be so into defacing this monument. They're not defacing the monument. It's biodegradable, and it's next putting it's, a it's, giant nude Homer Simpson next to it <laughs> is defacing it. Whatever it is. Wait, wait. Go to the gallery. Go to I'm the gallery. The, I'm in the gallery photo. right now. There's, there's, there's two pictures that I think we should talk about. There's a nice close-up labeled the Giant's Phallus. And do you see, so yeah, which, so it's a low angle shot, uh, which you could be forgiven if you didn't see the logo, just thinking that it's perhaps just a row of bushes, but when uh, put in proper context, you really see it. And just to- Yeah, so this is a giant stick Can pick. I motion your view just to the right to see the image of them renovate, the 2008 renovation? You see all the people walking uh-huh. around? Now, what part of the yeah. giant are they walking on? The P. Yes, another picture from the same angle. People walking on this poor giant's phallus. Yeah, that's got to hurt. Ooh, wait, what? Huh? See also, long man of Wilmington. He's not, he doesn't have a visible penis. Oh, less fun. Yeah, he's much less interesting. And yeah. He's holding two sticks, though. Those could be penises. How thin is yours, Lowell? What? How thin is yours, Lowell? Yours isn't like that? Aiden, maybe you're the weird one. <sighs> so we didn't really talk about interpretations. There are three yes. main theories concerning the age of the giant and whom he might represent. The first argued that the giant argues that the giant was created in the 17th century, perhaps by Lord Hollis, who held that the Sir, who held the Cernavis estate by right of his second wife, Jane, and perhaps as a parody of Oliver Cromwell. The second idea is the giant is a creation of the Romano-British culture because the giant represents the Roman god Hercules, who is based on the Greek god Hercules. Cool. Good naming. Uh, The third idea is that the giant is of Celtic origin because it is stylistically similar to a Celtic god on a skillet handle found at Hod Hill, Dorset, and Mm -hmm. dated to around AD 10 to AD 51. Mm -hmm. I would like to focus on the Oliver Cromwell origin. Uh, proponents yeah. of a 17th century origin suggest the giant was carved around the time of the English Civil War by servants of the Lord of the Manor, Denzel Hollis, and was that can't Lord of the Manor Denzel, awesome, and was intended as a parody of Oliver Cromwell. The theory is supported by the 1774 account given by the antiquarian John Hutchins, who noted in a letter of uh, 1751 that the steward of the manor told him the figure was the, a modern thing cut out in Lord Hollis's time. 
Cromwell was sometimes mockingly, mockingly referred to as England's Hercules by his enemies. Huh, that makes sense. Under this interpretation, the club has been suggested to hint at Cromwell's military rule and the phallus to mock his Puritanism. That's a nice line. The grass is trimmed regularly. The giant is fully rechalked every 25 years. A 1921 campaign objected to the giant's nudity and... Um, there was a campaign conducted to either convert it to a simple nude or to cover its obscenity with a leaf. Did not succeed. To our benefit. In 1998, pranksters made a pair of jeans out of plastic mesh with a 21 meter leg inside and fitted them to the giant to publicize American jeans manufacturer Big Smith. Has anyone heard of that jeans manufacturer? Nope. I have not. News to me. On behalf of the Family Planning Association in 2002, as part of its mission to promote condom wearing, they spent Sunday night rolling the, an enormous latex sheet down the giant's member. <laughs> oh my god. This, this thing seems to get an awful lot of press work. Publicity, yeah. Everyone uses it for their own uh, purposes, it seems. That is just about everything I have on the Cernobis giant. Um, did you guys, did, did you notice anything else you'd like to... I mean, there are two other theories that it could be older than it is, and I I see enough evidence to say that it's not older than 17th century to say that the one saying that it's Celtic origin dated around 10 to 51 AD or that it's Romano-British and based on Hercules probably aren't aren't true. The fact that there's no mention of it prior to the 17th century is basically makes this an open and shut case as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's like, how do you not mention Because this? it's certainly been mentioned every single day since that time. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, oh, did you mention that uh, the Cernabas Brewery has used it as the, their beer company's logo? I did not notice that. And that the logo has been censored in the Houses of Parliament. Like when they drink the beer in Parliament? That's what I'm not sure of. I think that it might just have been censored. Oh, one question I did have, and this might be one that you're, you, you, Lowell, are or are not able to answer, but the giant has been depicted in multiple video games, including Pokemon Sword and Shield. Wait, okay, yes, there is a thing that looks kind of like that in Sword I and Shield. I didn't think Pokemon would find their way onto this Wikipedia page, but as I'm starting to believe, this Wikipedia page may just be the center of the universe, as it seems to touch on <laughs> every conceivable topic. <laughs> David, do you remember that, that like, weird No, I, yeah, I know, I know exactly, yeah, yeah, no, no, it sits in one of the areas, yeah, I, I, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very, very clearly depicted. Minus the phallus. Yeah. There is no phallus. Minus the phallus. Uh, I would make so it bad. very clear to the Nintendo Corporation there is no phallus, and we are acknowledging that fact. Don't sue us, Nintendo. It's mm. not extremely accessible from London by public transportation, um, so we probably couldn't really have realistically visited it. But one day... It's, it's a roughly nine-hour train ride. All right, well, that has been our strange format episode for the week. We hope that you had some fun in this odd time and uh, we'll we'll be coming back with some news in a couple weeks if there's anything to talk about. I, I, I hope that there is. Otherwise, you know, we'll still there's still a lot of things that happened in history that are always fun to talk. I, I, I can personally guarantee there will be news of some variety. <laughs> <laughs> well, until that happens. <laughs> Until that happens, does someone want to read the final headline? I got it. Pig sparks farm fire in England after eating defecating battery-powered pedometer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, goodness. I've been David. I'm Lowell. And I've been Aiden. And thank you so much for listening. Shake it once, that's fine. Shake it twice, that's okay. Shake it three times, you're playing with yourself again. Joel and Benji Madden.